0: Yes, I want to welcome you all to Immanuel Christian Assembly. Our gathering today is a special gathering for information. And therefore, anywhere that you have tuned in from, we respect your time and your effort to be with us. And we pray that the favor of the Lord will rest upon your life and in all your dealings. Everywhere you want to walk and anything you want to do to the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, may his favor never be denied you. Anywhere you stand, may the favor of the Lord speak for you. And anything you do, may his hand uphold you together in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Today is a special message. It's a special teaching that uh, I want to talk about. And it's one of the areas of my ministry that the Lord has called has called me for so long as I know, I think I was 10 years old or so, that I realized that I was called in the area of um, pastoral duties. And and the grace he gave me was the grace uh, to stand with people in prayer, especially like a, as an intercessor, if I can put it that way. So from my childhood to as I'm speaking now, I've been interceding on behalf of people, uh, praying for people and praying for myself, praying for the family and stuff like that. So more or less, the area of prayer has become my lifelong activities. Yes, it does not mean that I haven't faced trouble. I've faced all kinds of um, storms in life. I've lost all kinds of things and I've gained all kinds of stuff. But that does not take the strength of prayer out of my life. Hallelujah. Actually, it empowers me to even stand on my feet to pray even more. Hallelujah, I pray in silence, I pray audibly, I pray in sleep, I pray everywhere, hallelujah. Sometimes those of you who have ever lived with me or those of you who are closer to me usually don't see me loud in prayer. My wife usually have a bit of um, challenge with that. say, why don't you pray? Why don't, you do, why don't we pray together and all that? Um, uh, we pray together, but I prefer you being connected with God Uh, personally, because in in Jesus' ministries, every time that he went out to pray with his disciples, the Bible says that he will leave them and walk a little bit further and he will leave them alone. He will tell them what to do and then he will go ahead and be praying. Hallelujah. Even to the point where they went to the the Mount of Transfiguration, that still happened over there. When he was in the uh, troughs of death, that he knew that, His time was close, in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was praying with the disciples, three of them, he had to leave them behind and come back again to come and check on them and all that. So that has become part of my thinking or my some sort of a a spiritual um, prayer uh, uh, thoughts that. Prayer has become more like an intimate thing between you and God alone. Hallelujah. It is good to have a corporate prayer. I love corporate prayer. It helps me. It energizes me. When I hear you pray, and when, when, when you see me pray, the, the, the physical um, um, uh, observations can actually energize somebody to even pray more. And I love that. But when it comes to uh, uh, some other areas too, I prefer to be on my own. Hallelujah. I prefer to be on my own. And in that, I have a personal encounter with God most often. Hallelujah. Most of my, uh, if I can use the word, most of my victories in prayer came in one of the simplest and most uh, quiet and most uh, uh, serene way. Hallelujah. So, I want to encourage you, corporate prayer is very vital, but when it comes to spiritual prayer or to become more versatile and more intimate with God, it is a personal thing. Hallelujah. It is a personal thing. So I want to encourage you as a child of this assembly or as a brother or a sister or anybody that connects with us, learn to be on your own. Hallelujah. Because sometimes you might not get everybody around and on your own, on your knees, will determine how far you can go, hallelujah. So you have to practice one of those. I wanna show you some few things, some nuggets. We wanna talk about the mystery of prayer. I've dealt with this thing a couple of times, but I feel that we have to go through this and then we deal with the prepositions in prayer. That is the pathway in prayer. There is a pathway in everything, there is a process. Hallelujah. There is a process. There's a way of getting to wherever we want to get to. Amen. If you want to cook, you, you don't start uh, um, cooking without having your ingredients or the process at which you want to cook. Hallelujah. There's a process. Amen. Everything we do, there is a process. The moment you miss processes, it means that the outcome might be different from your expectations. Hallelujah. If we miss a process in anything, the outcomes will never be the way you are expecting. So it is always important to always connect with the process. Make sure that the process is always correct. You follow processes. Hallelujah. I'm a food technologist, and therefore what I'm not talking about, I understand what I'm talking about. That sometimes the ingredients may be the same, but putting them together in the mixing of the, of the product, the whole product, you have, to, you have to know the reactions that each one does. Else you might mess up the product that has the same ingredient, and yet the timings are different or the processes are different. So the results didn't come out um, nicely or the way you were expecting them. Amen. Hallelujah. And therefore, when I'm talking about these things, I understand the pathways in prayer or the prepositions in prayer. It is something that every child of God, every Christian must have that as basis of your Christian walk. So that prayer becomes understanding, prayer becomes more prevalent, prayer becomes more, more, not like out art of a uh, cohesion, somebody forcing you, hey, come and pray, come and pray. Listen, I, I get tired of all that. All because if you don't know why prayer is necessary, you will always miss the opportunity to pray. Hallelujah. But when you know, then when you're on your knees to pray, you don't need somebody to prompt you because you know the need for it. Hallelujah. You understand why you've got to pray. Amen. Hallelujah. So, first of all, I want to show you the process of knowing God, the process of knowing God. So the first process of knowing God is an encounter through the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that God left the Holy Spirit to finish the work that he began. And therefore, the Holy Spirit of the Father has got an assignment to deal with the unbelievers, the believers, and the unknown, Hallelujah. So in our present uh, dispensation now, we have the privilege of the Spirit of God to be with us on earth here. So everywhere we see things, hear things, feel things, and talk about both uh, spiritual and non-spiritual stuff, remember the Spirit of God is still at work. The yeah. Holy Spirit of the Lord God Almighty, he is at work for God, for the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah! And therefore, if we neglect in any aspect of our Christian work, the work of the Holy Spirit on earth here, or we don't value and appreciate his presence, if we don't value and appreciate his activities in our Christian work, then we may struggle or find things very difficult. I can bet you most people do not even know the dealings of the Holy Spirit. But if you can really please God, if you can do what God is expecting from you, if you can fulfill your assignment, on earth here, if you can project Jesus Christ, for Jesus to be accepted, it is the Holy Spirit of the Most High God who will back what you say, especially what I'm speaking, if he is not backing it, everything that you are hearing shall become just a waste of noise, or it can become just a noise in your ear, and will not have any impact in your life, and therefore, I don't have anything of my own, but him, that gives me the instructions or the information, and he backs what I say, so that it becomes relevant to you. So the first process of knowing God is by encounter, and the encounter comes through the Holy Spirit. Number two, by revelations, that God reveals himself in a process that you will understand, because God speaks in codes. Hallelujah. God does not speak so clear as we see it in order. People will say, yeah, God speaks clear. Sometimes I don't want to argue that. Because if you begin to argue it, there are so many ways that if your soul and your spirit is not in tune with God, when he speaks, you will not hear. So the code that God communicates for man to hear On earth here, it's a spiritual code, and it can only be interpreted by the spirit of God. So we can hear that in audible sounds. But listen, the spirit of the Holy, the spirit of the Lord, which is the Holy Spirit, has decoded the message, so it comes clear to you. Hallelujah! How could a donkey declare a word to his master in a language that the master could hear the voice from the donkey? It was God speaking. But God had to use the donkey to declare a word, and then the Spirit of God to decode the message. Hallelujah! Let me show you an example: God appearing on this on this uh, on the scene and writing on the wall with a finger about the demise of a king. It could only be understood the language nobody could understand the language except the son Daniel will be in there, and and and, and, this, and the man of God will be there to be able to decode the message for them to understand for people akin to have a dream about um, uh, 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 what you call it, fat cows being swallowed by lean cows and also a harvest. Being big, and yet the other harvest also is lean, and the other harvest, is, the lean harvest is taking over the big harvest, the bumper harvest. All these things are, cause, ways and means that God speaks, and they are means of revealing stuff to mankind, but the Spirit of God again will have to bring us to that place of divine understanding of what God is saying. Today, I said my devotional digest is th- that the um, Uh, gifted but forgotten that genesis chapter 40 the last verse will say that and they forgot about joseph when he interpreted the dream and they did not even remember him though joseph was gifted listen all the gifts in him are the grace and the strength of the lord upon his life to do his ministry but the dreams of this butler and the, and, and, and the, and the cup bearer that was in the, in the prison with him, for him to understand what it means to carry a basket on your head and birds will be eating out of it for three days, or uh, to have a cluster of grapes, three branches of cluster of grapes, to be able to pour it and press on, for him to have a picture, an understanding, a full understanding of that, it has to be decoded him so that he he gave the same uh, uh, statement said that all dreams and interpretations are from the law which means that god gives the clarity of the revelations that he brings to us so sometimes you have dreams and you get confused about it isn't it true it's not because the spirit of god is the one that brings about that revelation so that is one of the process of knowing god and again conviction the third one is conviction if the, the spirit of God does not work on your heart to accept the fact that you need God, this God, this creator, if he does not work on your heart, everything else will be a failure. So every child of God and every woman or every human being on earth here would need the conviction of the Lord. Hallelujah. And the fourth one is faith. Faith. The moment conviction comes in, now faith is activated. That is the Bible call it a measure of faith, which means that enough for you to be able to accept the fact that there is a, a bigger danger somewhere that you need his support that can build you up to become more like him. So that measure of faith, the spirit of God plants it into you. Then you begin to walk in the atmosphere of understanding or openness that yes, there is something higher, there is something bigger than myself that I need to lick up to or hook up to. So we need faith, and it's the spirit of God again that deposits that. And now we need the fifth one is the actions of obedience. Actions of obedience. Now we have faith. Now we have realized that we need something bigger than ourselves. But the next point is the ability to obey what you have received and the willingness to take the step of faith to be able to act upon what God has said or what the spirit of God has in you. So the actions of obedience is another level that helps us to get to the place of knowing God. And the last one is the results of our actions, the results of our obedience, the results that you have obeyed God. Yes, Father, I know that now you are saying this. Okay, I'm going to take the step of faith. The Spirit of God is ministering to me that these five things, uh, these six things that I've said now, somebody needed that early hours of this morning. And I'm telling you, these are the things that you need. You need an encounter, you need the revelations, you need the conviction, you need faith, you need actions of obedience, and then the results begin to come out. Hallelujah. So these are the processes of getting to know God in a deeper way. Hallelujah. Now, what is prayer? What is prayer? I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Hallelujah. And we will find in the scriptures where prayer was born. And then from there, we can go on and see how best we can uh, familiarize ourselves with prayer. You know, sometimes I try to even weaken people's thoughts about the Father, the Word. Oh, come, let's pray. Let's pray. It has become so mundane and so... uh, Come on, and therefore, people see the need for it and all that. But I want you to um, begin to say, Let's go talk to God. Hallelujah. Let's go have a chat with our Father. You know, let's go have a, an encounter with the Most Let's go have a dialogue. I like the word dialogue. I want to sit under the feet of the Master and let's have a chat. Amen. I, I have put in now one of our core values as prayer, one of the values of our, our Christian, uh, Emmanuel Christian Assembly is worship. Prayer, uh, evangelizing or sharing the word to the community and all the rest of the things that comes in there. And prayer, we have said that it is not a mere thing of asking God for things. Hallelujah. But we have to realize that in Genesis, when man was placed in the garden and the Lord said that dress it and keep it. He gave him some commands. And he said that you have to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish. Hallelujah. All those processes that God gave to him, now, it it has now become the responsibility. Listen to me carefully. The Bible, though, the Bible says that God was visiting man almost every day or in the cool of the day. But it was the responsibility of the man this time around now to take on the major assignment that God had given to him, to be dressing the land and telling it to keep it. Now, being the master craftsman of the most high God who has created the world, and he thought that everything was okay. If everything was okay, then why does he need a manager to manage it, to dress it, to keep it? Why does he need somebody to tell it and keep it? So all these things are some stuff that, every child of God must begin to think about them and then begin to ask questions when you go before God, hallelujah. You're not going for, before God and just waste yourself or your time and just be all over the place. But there are other things you have to realize that if God is has done everything, according to Genesis chapter one, from verse three, four, 5 coming up to uh, verse uh, uh, 28, and there uh, he says that everything was good. Whatever he made was good, it was good. Why does he need a man? To dress it and keep it. Do you understand? I, am I losing anybody here? <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, Amen. Please, Amen. thank you, thank you. At least I've got two people to who are listening to me. Thank you. Amen. One, he he says that we've got to be fruitful. That is verse twenty-eight. He said, "Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the." sea and over the fowls of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. so there are three dimensions or three spheres that the domain of man was now being given to that is the atmospheric uh, upon the things of the sea and also underneath on earth and underneath so this area will go a little bit deeper later in in our studies so these three areas, now man has dominion or mandate over those three spheres. Those are the areas cause operations exist. Hallelujah. Command to have command or ability to control or dominate and have proper uh, understanding of his assignment. So whatever goes on in the atmospheric world, you have command over there. Whatever goes on on earth here, the Bible says that you have command over there. Whatever goes on in the regions of the seas too, you have command over there. Those are the areas that we have command in. And so the Bible says that all these areas God has given us the mandate over what do we do when we don't understand what he has given to us. That is where prayer now becomes necessary. The the man has given you a sermon to have dominion over things when he was creating you weren't around. Over the matters that he spoke them into existence and didn't know how it came to be. Though he says it was okay, but now he has placed you over them to become a manager over them a manager of things that you were not around when he was making. And now he's giving authority to have dominion over all these things. So there is a need for you to go back to the master for the blueprints of every creative activity that he made on earth here. That is why prayer is necessary. So therefore, prayer does not mean that you're going to ask for things, but rather to go and inquire of the master to understand the full picture of your daily activity of management of his creations. Hallelujah. So for example, let me come home. A wife now in a home does not know what a husband is doing and the husband is confused and messing about. The wife's responsibility now would go back to God, ask God for wisdom and knowledge and understanding and how to handle the man that he, he connected her with. So, so here, the prayer preambles or your prayer uh, becomes more like you are trying to know the exact thing that you can do to be able to help the man that he has position you with, her, with him so that you can become effective and efficient in your daily assignment. So if you see a wife on her knee praying for the husband, she has the right to do that. Hallelujah. If you see a son also praying for the father, he has a right to do that because, listen, you are bent into this world and I don't know what's going on with, with your life and I don't know what's going on with your finances and all that. And therefore, you want to go back to God who connected you or brought you into that family so that you begin to pray. Uh, I hold it. Oh, my shit, there? you want to go back to him and ask him for why he brought you under that grace. He brought you under that man. He brought you under that family. He brought through that lineage. Why did he allow you to be in there? Hallelujah. The moment you go on your knees asking the father who positioned you or birthed you in that family, you have the right to do that. Hallelujah. You have the right to do that. So God will surely respond to what you are asking of him. Hallelujah. So the church must come to the place of understanding that prayer is not just asking God for things to benefit our lives or to make our life comfortable and stuff like that, but to also let the work that he has given to us to become effective, efficient uh, stewards. Hallelujah. I said the other day that every one of us, every one of us, no matter what we possess and no matter what positions that he has placed us, we are all stewards of everything. None of us possess anything that belongs to us. Everybody is a steward. Hallelujah. And therefore, if you are a good steward, then the Lord calls you, well done, seven. The Bible says that the final day, he will will analyze and everything. That's what we call the judgment. He will analyze all that he gave to you, the responsibility, everything. And then you will give your account of all of them. And then he will give whether you are a good steward or you are a bad steward. So, every one of us, we are stewards of everything and possesses of nothing. And therefore, if we want to become effective in our assignment, there is a need to go back to the one who gave you that responsibility. That is the most high God. That's what we call the purpose. We call the destiny. We call the giftings. We call uh, our assignment. We call our, our, our responsibilities. That is why you go back to him and ask him, the Lord. You asked me to be here. You brought me into this family. You gave me this position to be here as a pastor, as a minister. You asked me to be here. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to go about these things? And then, and then, we begin to receive from him what he wants us to do. I want to also warn you by the message of God that God does not give us the full picture of everything because the strength of our brain is not vast enough to be able to accommodate the, the wisdom of the sages and the grace of him who is able to create all things. Hallelujah. So anything that comes to us, he gives us in bite size. And so the Bible will put it this way in Matthew, that our father who art in heaven, uh, and when it comes to a point, he said, "Give us this day, there is a proper way of receiving from the Lord. That's the daily portions. We call it the rations of the spirit. The daily portions that will help you to be able to um, execute your assignment effectively and efficiently. So God does not give you the full picture and everything, and then you, you your brain is not strong enough to so be able to accommodate that. It's a flesh. Listen to me. <laughs> He gave a piece of, of him for us to be in existence, only his breath. So if we come to the place thinking that you know it all, I'm, I, I'm sorry, it will be very difficult for you to fulfill your sermon. God, he comes to the place of people with a humble heart and willingness and readiness to receive from him, and then he gives you a bite size, which is uh, our daily bread, the Bible put it that way, our daily bread, the bite size for the day, what you need to be able to do this even now, hallelujah, the now moments of our God, we call it in, 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 Luke, in Luke 11, the now moments of God, he comes in there and give you the now word, which is the manna, if, 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 even, even in the scriptures, the Bible says that the people of Israel, he rained manna to them and gave them command that, listen, this manna is supposed to be eaten for the day that you pick them up. So it is not about how many level of years ahead of you that you know what to do, where to stand, where to go, whom to talk to and all that. No, but the daily activity, the daily responsibility that you need to do, that gives you one step at a time that is what God gives, and that is when prayer becomes preeminent, prayer becomes important. That is why He expects you in First Thessalonians chapter 5 and 17 that you will do daily. That's why he said, Pray always. Hallelujah. Mashaki We 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 the church, the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that we come to this place of maturity, knowing that. If we fail to be able to spend time with our God, we will never be able to be effective in our assignment daily as we need to do, hallelujah, because the daily dose or the daily rations, the spiritual rations that you need to receive every day comes in the place of divine encounter. I told you the process of getting with God, that is the encounter, the revelations, the convictions, the faith, the obedience, the actions of obedience, and then the results begin to flow. So if we fail to be able to walk with God, then all the things we need to be able to fulfill our sermon begins to uh, walk away from us. Hallelujah. There are a few things I want to draw your attention to. Amen. There is nothing that puts man in direct contact with God as prayer would ever do. Write that down. There's nothing that will put man in direct contact with God in this life like prayer would do. Hallelujah. I wrote in one of my my writings that it is an invisible key that unlocks a spiritual fountain of blessings. Prayer. It's one of the invisible keys that unlocks a spiritual fountain of blessings. I also wrote one, one where somewhere... Uh, the other day, that it is the spark that ignites our inner lights and brightens our outer experiences or uh, persuasions, if I can put it that way. Hallelujah. Our outer persuasions, for example, you have been called to be a leader in this field. You've been called to be a manager in this area. You've been called to be a cook. You've been called to be a pastor. You've been called to be a lawyer. You've been called. Prayer becomes like the spark. That ignites your inner light. That's the Bible talks in the Revelation. It said that the, candle, the, light, the spirit of a man is a candle of the Lord. That is the there is a light that is within you. The Bible uses the Bible says that what brightens it up is prayer, it ignites that inner light. And that brightens your outer life or your outer persuasions. So the things that you have believed God for, the things that you have trusted God for, the things that you know that the Lord wants you to do, which are your persuasive grace or the things that you have believed in, that begins to become much more understanding, much more clearer to you. Hallelujah. So every step of faith of a child of God is very vital. And you're in. That connection with God is very, very paramount. I was listening to Benny Hinn uh, when I was on, on the motorway coming home this evening, and he was talking about the spirit or the, the anointing in you and the anointing upon you. And he said so many stuff that I know them, but it kept me humble. Then. And- I mean, I became a bit dumb because I I didn't want to speak just in case something comes out of my mouth stupid. So I was quiet and I was praying in my heart. So Lord, have mercy on me. And I was all I was praying. So Father, have mercy on me. Keep me humble so that what you have deposited in me will not be corrupted. So that whatever you put on me can be a blessing. So one of the things is this, that he gives us grace upon our lives for us to be a blessing and to be a future in ministry. But he does what he puts in us for us to be able to be connected to him. So you can carry what he's given to you. But if you don't carry what he's imparted in you, you can walk away with what he's carrying, he's giving to you as a gift. We call it the giftings of the Lord. The Bible talks about the fact that it is not, it hasn't got repentance. God does not take it back. But the grace is inside of you. The anointing that is inside of you will not be able to make any physical impact because the Lord is not there. The Lord is not there. And a typical example is something. When he gave whatever he had as a, a proof of his grace upon his life, that is his head, the locks and all that, and spoke to the woman. And then the Bible said they shaved off his head. So the strength of this man uh, left him. Listen, the thing was in the ground. It was inside of his body until the man opened up and the woman brought the opportunity to shave the thing out. And now the grace was no more there. And the scripture says that, and he did not know. And Samson did not know that the grace or the anointing had left him. He did not know. But he still carried the grace as a judge. He still carried the grace as a leader of his people. He still carried the ability as Samson as, as, as that when his name is mentioned, everybody is scared. But what, whatever that was inside that made him to become that great judge was no more than because he gave up his secret. So people of God, prayer becomes that spark, that ignites, that fire inside of you. And that makes it. So please, when you are praying, don't let anybody discourage you. Don't let anybody discourage you. I was praying in the car with my two hands because we're in the traffic. And then the, the car next door, I forgot myself. And I didn't realize that people were watching me. And I was praying, I don't care what you think and what you are thinking about. I need my grace. I need his hands upon my head. Wow, you can think whatever you think. Listen, when they were left, are they following me to my house? No, I don't, I don't know where they are now. But if I had considered myself and my environment, oh, are they watching me pray? And I'm going to put my hands down. Forget. Forget, please. So prayer becomes one of the the the, the, sting, the, the fire that ignites the spark in us so that our inner light glows better, brightens out so that it affects our outward appearance or our persuasions, the things that we have believed the our area of grace, the ministry God has given to us, it brightens those areas, it brightens those things it, it makes them shine, brighter. in the sight of me, it starts from the inward, it starts from the inward it starts from the inward I have seen this, many people preaching the same thing but when I preach it, it's different. And when somebody else also preaches it, it's different. It depends on the level of intimacy with him who gave you that assignment before the world you come to speak his word. That intimacy with him must be more paramount else than everything else you are saying can be just a waste of time. So prayer is very vital to communicate with a higher power. Prayer, the Bible says it's communicated with a higher power. I, I well, let me pull the Bible uh, situation on for a hold and let me tell you something. Listen, the whole world, everybody prays, whether they believe in God or they don't believe in God, whether they believe in a snake or elephant or a cow or a goat or a tree or, or flowers or anything. Every single human being on earth here prays. It will surprise you. I was at work. I've, I've, I've spoken to a couple of people at work about Christ and everything, and they, they, some of them could tell me point blank, "We they don't believe in anything. They don't know anything. They don't want to know anything." And they have been okay with that until one of the days, one of the brothers was working, and he his face was was facing towards a machine, and I was walking behind him, and I tucked his shoulders quietly, and then when he turned around, I was right behind him. You know what he shouted? He shouted, Jesus Christ, and I said, listen, do you even believe in him more than I do, but this brother has denied it. Everywhere in this world, that he does not believe in any Jesus. So from that day, I told him, listen, do you even believe in Christ Jesus more. I have never shouted Jesus in this workplace louder like this you have shattered Jesus Christ more than I have ever, which means that you believe in Christ. Listen, there is something the Bible says that he has written all these things on the tablet of the heart of man. So the instructions of anything that we need in this life is no longer coming only direct from the Bible, but rather there's an inborn thing. There's a chip in every single human being. Everyone that is born flesh or of a woman or carry came into this existence You carry the chip inside of you. That is the umpire of the Holy Spirit inside of you until the day that you have this encounter with him. You will always carry this thing inside of you, no matter what. So if somebody says they don't believe in God, yeah, they are lying. Everybody prays. But the challenge is how and where and who and when do they do all this prayer thing? Hallelujah. I wrote and I said a prayer, the Christian prayer is the expression of the heart, of the mind, and the will in love of God's mandate given to man on earth. That was one of my writings that I wrote down. So all these things that I'm telling you is all about things that I've written down. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Let's 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 open that. Please pick up your Bible. Let's open Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Hmm. All right, let me do 24, because life restored, man and beast for second, and uh, Adamic covenant started from that point. The Bible says 24, and God said, let, us, uh, let the earth bring forth the living creatures after his kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after his kind, and it was so. 25, and God made the beasts of the earth after his, his kind, after his kind and cattle after your kind, and everything that keepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowls of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his his own image, in, in the image of God created him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, that is 28, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So this is the place that prayer now was born because man has an assignment to fulfill a mandate. That's the dominion mandate. And God said, and behold, I have given you every hand bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in which is the fruit and of a tree yielding seed to you it shall be for a meat and every beast and of the earth and to every fowl of the earth and to everything that creeps upon the earth everywhere in there is life and I've given every green herb for meat and it was so So people of God, that is the place where prayer was born. When assignment was given to mankind, now we have the responsibility to make sure that we got to dress it and keep it to the glory of the master. So every child of God, you have a mandate, you have a dominion mandate that is hanging on our neck. Everywhere, So it gives us the reason to be able to go before God, to always ask him for things that we need to do, especially when we have come to a crossroad that we don't know whether to turn left, whether to turn right, whether to move forward or to stand still. Until we receive an instruction as to what to do, we cannot effectively administer the dominion mandate that God wants us to do. That is why prayer is very important hallelujah so when God gave the dominion unto man there were three areas that's the air the area of the air which I've already said the sea and also the land that God has given to man hallelujah so people of God we've got to realize that there is no limit as to how far you can Act your responsibility effectively and efficiently, so long as you want to obey the great commission or the great responsibility of the dominion mandate. If you are willing to obey, then now whatever is going on in the realms of the spirit, that is the atmospheric world that you have no clue about, you cannot fly, I can't fly. The planes may reach out somewhere, but they cannot go beyond some level. There are so many places out there, but listen to me, we have the mandate that your voice, which last time I spoke about that your, your spiritual code, there is the, your voice is able to transcend beyond your physical sphere to get to the divine place where God is expecting you to it's your business on earth here. So if somebody is standing up there trying to resist you from being able to be effective and efficient in your God-given assignment. When they are working the things in the spirit, there is something in your mouth, there is opportunity in your mouth that you can command and listen. Take your hands off this that I'm doing and give me grace to be able to do it or give me, uh, give me freedom to do what I need to do. And they must obey you because of your assignment. Hallelujah. There is a quote that I want to read to you. This is by Ian Andros. Said there is no other activities in life so important as that of prayer, that every other activity depends upon prayer for its efficiency. Every activity depends on prayer for its efficiency. So as I said, as a judge, if you want to become a good judge, as a, a, a politician, if you want to be a, a good politician, as a teacher, if you want to teach well, as a nurse, if you want to be well, if, as a lawyer, if you want to do your work well, whatever, as a data analyst, if you want to do your work well, any responsibility that you want to do. Listen, the Bible says, and um, A.M. Andros says that there is no activity on earth here. That is so important that you have to engage in from the beginnings of your day, is prayer would be. And that everything else depends on prayer. So prayer then becomes one of the channels which we access the divine God that has called us into existence. So prayer becomes very, very important. Hallelujah. I thought I could do this quickly, but listen, we have to realize that without prayer, we cannot be effective. Without interaction with our God, our effectiveness will be reduced. Without having daily uh, restores from God to connect with Him every day, whatever we are being called to do on earth here will not be effective. So, every child of God that is listening to me today, I want to draw your attention to this thing that, listen, without prayer, your efficacy or your efficiency or your power, your ability becomes limited that is why if you have seen those who are in the lodge those who are calling other gods those who are using other spirits those who are using other uh, religious activities listen some of them do it five days five times a day because they think that that gives them the ability and indeed it gives them a sense of understanding and purpose though it is a wrong path yet they feel it and that begins to generate some sort of force began behind them so if they are killing somebody, if they don't feel the bad things about it, it is the same way a Christian prayer becomes effective and it becomes efficient if you practice it daily, if you take time and get yourself, building yourself up in your most holy faith and the, even the ability more to join with brothers and sisters online together to be praying. If you can do that, the Bible said that there is no telling. There is no telling. There is no level at which you cannot operate. I will show you some few things. By the grace of God, a lot of things have been revealed for the past three months. And it was some sort of a crowded situation. After I took a little time, I'm not saying that about prayer. So I took a little time and I was asking God, Lord, let not this thing continue like this. Let not the hand of the wicked prevail like this. Let not the purpose of the wicked prevail like this. Because this stops my progress in this. This disturbs my this on that and all that. And I kept on praying these things, and I was asking the spirit of God. And then the whole spirit, the Holy Spirit, began to unveil so many things at the same time to give me a divine perspective. Of what the spirit is asking for and what the enemy has been and all the weapons that's going on around me and all listen to me, people of God, if we keep our mouth shut as sons and daughters of God, everything that you are doing will become extra effort, will become extra difficult, it will become extra hard for you to achieve it. Even your joy of coming to church will be diminished. I can tell you of a fact if your prayer. Life is gone down. You don't want to go to church. You you will begin to even question so many things. That is when death begins to get his footplay, begin to work in your mind. A small thing begins to... You know, one of the fathers that I love so much, much, he's gone to glory, but I still love him. He's still here with me. Listen, he says that. He says that he has the ability to even question that, that how does he exist? You know Why? because he has gotten to the place where Paul reached and he was even far beyond that place now to my mind. He says that he doesn't even understand why Satan can't now repent because he sees that God is so good that one day if Satan was willing to obey, then God will repent. And now Doubt, which is the one of the elements of Satan that he uses to weaken the sin. He says that, why do you bring doubt? To the point that he's now doubting doubt. You know, so it always, I pray that I could get to that point where I will begin to doubt doubt. <laughs> Hallelujah. That why does doubt even exist? For me to doubt the God who created all this. We are getting there. People of God, the more you get to him, the closer Enough you can hear, and even when he whispers, you can understand what he means because the revelations come when there's an encounter with God. When you have an encounter with God, a sense of conviction also takes place. When you have an encounter with God, your faith begins to grow. Hallelujah. If the Bible put it this way, that faith comes by hearing, hearing. Which means that it's a progressive activity, which you need to do continually, which means that you want to hear the voice of the Lord. You want to hear the word of the Lord. You want to hear what he is saying. So there is a need for constant connections with God every day, every hour, every moment, every second, every minute. You don't want to lose that contact. Hallelujah. One of my spiritual fathers will say that before anybody will say anything for him to respond, he says, Thank you, Jesus, before. And I said, how did you do this? How can you do this? I said, listen, that is one thing I've never told anybody before. But I have to tell you, and I'm telling you one of the most powerful of men on earth here. I always say that, uh, well, I don't want to go that far, but one of the few men of God in our generation, now he's gone into glory a few years ago. One of the few men in our generation that in one day, He could prophesy to uh, 2,000 people in one day. Prophecy to burn on 2,000 in a row in one sitting. One day he could do that without without flicking I mean, no mistake. And yet people were still not believing and Say, oh, he's using juju power. He's using this and all that. People of God, listen. If you get closer enough to to him, he will surely open his mind to you. The more you get closer to God, The more you know God. I was telling a brother, he was so eager to prophesy. I said, why are you worrying yourself, my brother? You are not even praying. You're wasting time online, on Facebook, on YouTube, on here, on TikTok, on all that. And you are not praying and you want to prophesy. Listen, prophecy comes if you have the gift. And even if the gift is on you and his grace, if the gift is on you and his grace is not in you, whatever you say, the enemy will just back it up and cause a lot of trouble. So please get connected to him who gave you that ability or where you are asking the ability from. And the more you get closer to him, the easier your other your eyes begins to open. Whether you're a child of God, whether you're a pastor, whether you're ordained as a minister, a bishop, whatever, the closer you get to him, the more you know more about things even around you because he will open your eyes. He's a spirit man. He will open your eyes. You will see things that are not supposed to be seen with other eyes. Hallelujah. So there is always the need that we need to be closer to our God. Today, I came to open up. Prayer unto you to help you to notice that prayer was born in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Coming down, that God gave man the dominion, and after the dominion of responsibility, now man, it is man's responsibility to go back to the one that gave him the assignment. So that if there is anything that he needs to correct or to do well, to do this, to connect here, to make this happen, then when he goes back there, the one handles the full picture the master architect who has the blueprint of this well he will be able to decode the things that you need to know that do it this way go this way stand here stop here don't do this come here and all that and that begins to make our life worth living people of god get closer to god amen